Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. I got a whole bunch of cool stuff to talk about, and I just want to remind everybody I will be at Retro World Expo in a week and a half, but more on that later on. So let's jump right into it. It looks like the Konami QTA Famicom adapter was just found, which allowed the Space School games for Famicom to be dumped. And this is something that I didn't know too much about until I watched this video, but apparently Konami had some education-based cartridges that were a dual design. One would go inside the Famicom and have a cartridge slot, kind of like a Game Genie would, uh, and then you would put the individual games on top of that. And although the games had been found in the past, the adapter hadn't, so the games that were found were able to be only partially dumped because you needed both in order to play the game. So I guess most of the games in the Space School series are now dumped and available. Uh, the collector who found this wanted to share the dumps with the world, uh, which I think is amazing. I mean, if you own anything, it's your property. You could do whatever you want with it. But I see a lot of collectors buying stuff, not wanting to dump it because they want to feel special because they own the only one. I don't know. I don't, it's not how my brain works. I, uh, I'm not a collector. And if I were, I would be very proud to own the only one, but I would do exactly what this team of people did, dump it and share it with everybody to make sure, uh, make sure it stays out there. It gets preserved. I know preservation is a buzzword that people are using wrong now and probably using that to their advantage, but I am quite serious about it. So stuff like this makes me happy for all the right reasons. Awesome. It was found. Awesome. A collector gets a pretty amazing thing for their collection. And and most importantly, great that pictures and dumps of this is now available to people, so part of history could be preserved, if you will. Um, and I believe there was also stuff like this for the Master System, uh, kind of like educational driving school games and stuff like that. So it's a pretty neat thing that we didn't really have here, at least where I grew up in the States. Um, we had educational computer games. That was that was all over the place in my schools growing up, but never for consoles. So it's kind of a neat piece of history. Anybody that's interested, check out the video. There are English subtitles, so you uh, should be able to enjoy it that way if you don't speak Russian. And a very huge shout out to the team that did this for taking the time to share this whole thing with the world. There's now a wireless mouse adapter available for the Atari ST and Commodore Amiga computers. This adapter allows you to use a USB wireless mouse that goes into the standard serial port, uh, but due to the higher power consumptions of wired mice, it's not compatible with this one. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not an electrical engineer. I just, you know, play one on a podcast, but but I'm not really sure why you wouldn't want to implement any of the power protections into that to allow for both. But then again, I don't really know anything about the Atari ST um, and how that conversion would work. So if you're looking to use a wireless mouse, check out this adapter. And if you're looking for a wired mouse, there's another one available out there um, that's been around for quite some time and has a pretty great track record. So uh, as always, options are 
always make me happy. And if you're looking to use a wireless mouse on an old school computer, which makes sense to me, by the way, uh, definitely check this one out. Analog just opened up pre-orders on their upcoming deck. The price is $80 plus a lot in shipping, and it'll ship first quarter of next year. I think when I posted this write-up about the DAC and the cost, I think a lot of people don't understand how this works and what this does, so I got some pretty interesting feedback to the post, so I thought it'd be necessary for me to walk through exactly what this does and what you would need. Um, so I'll try to get through it as quick as I can, because I know some of you are already very familiar with this, uh, but maybe there's something that you don't know about it, so stay tuned with me here. First, this is a device that I've been testing a prototype of that plugs into the back of the Mega SG or Super NT via the HDMI and USB ports. So the way I like to have it set up is with very short HDMI or USB cables so it sits right behind the console um, and it plugs right into those. Then both devices are powered by the DAX USB port and it outputs audio via the RCA jacks and video via the VGA looking D-sub port. Now, this is not VGA. I do need to remind everybody that if all you're looking for is VGA output for use on a CRT monitor, all you need is like a $20 HDMI to VGA converter, and then set the analog console to 480p right in the menu, and that's it. That's all you would need. This is designed to output TV signals, and you would need to get special breakout cables in order to access each one. So if you were looking for an RGB cable, Retro Access sells them because it's the same one that uh, they would use for the original NT Mini. That's about 40 bucks, including shipping, because it's a, I mean, it's a very premium high-end coax cable. But they also have, for about 10 bucks each on Amazon, you could do VGA to BNC. Reminder that it needs to be 5 BNC, not 4 BNC. I'm still not quite sure why it's wired that way, but you can't just buy the VGA to RGBS cable. You got to get VGA to RGBHV and then just cut off V and use it that way. Still don't really understand why that is, but whatever. Uh, then there's also VGA to component and then VGA to either composite or S-video. So for whatever reason, if you needed all of those, you're looking at, I mean, uh, at least $70 just in cables. But let's just say you only need two. Let's say you want RGB and component video. So now you're tacking on 50 bucks just for cables because this doesn't come with any. It only comes with a USB cable, which I hope is a nice little short pigtail one. Um, but it would be nice if it at least came with a short pigtail HDMI as well. Uh, but that's it. You're, you have to get your own cables for whatever you want the output of this to be. So that right alone, uh, just that fact alone means that that price of $80 doesn't really re reflect what you're actually having to spend in order to get this to work. The other part of that, of course, is the shipping. The shipping was insanely high. I think it was like 24 bucks to ship to New York, and this thing weighs less than two ounces. I mean, even in a fancy case with a, you know, a, a fancy enclosure on this thing, uh, it still it can't cost that much to ship. And I've even had people email me screenshots from around the world of what it would cost to ship to them. And people in Australia have to pay more for shipping than this device sells for. So that's a little crazy just in itself. Um, I emailed Chris Tabor, the owner of Analog, and asked him what was up with that and sent him a link to my article. And I never heard back from him, but he did update the frequently asked questions on the website to basically say we have premium products and premium shipping to go along with it. So 
I get that, but if you don't offer your customers a choice to ship, if you're forcing them to pay that premium shipping option, then why not just jack the price of all of the consoles and the DAC up so it's a better representation of what people have to pay? If they added 20 bucks to the cost of all of their products, so this was $99 or something, um, then just knocked 20 off of whatever shipping costs are, it would be a heck of a lot more fair. And please, contact a shipping expert and get better shipping to Australia. It's so easy to cut shipping costs. It just takes some time and some effort and coordination. I've done this before with other companies. So, you know, that was a bit disappointing to hear that. I mean, there's no way around it. And the other thing that really disappointed me is when Chris called, basically said it's a premium product, premium shipping. That's kind of the other reason I'm always pretty hard on analog is because they're a company that walks the line of awesome performing products and collector's items. So I always sing the praise of Ernesto and Keptris who design these things. I don't think I've ever said negative things about either of them. Um, but I, for every complaint that I have on the nerd side, why isn't this cheaper? Why didn't you do it this way? Why didn't you do it that way? I'm sure there's people on the collector's side of things saying the same thing. You know, why didn't you do this to make it more special? Why can't we have that? So I'm sure Analogs is used to hearing it from both ends. But I feel the need to be very vocal about this because I also feel like I'm the only one who criticizes publicly. And maybe I'm just not paying the right attention, but when their fancy press releases go out and all of these people, all of these publications have their write-ups, I don't, can't remember a single write-up that mentioned shipping ever, which is a giant thing. Why not just click on it and see how much it costs? Or really any of these other little nitpicky things. So... It's, maybe I come across as the bad guy pointing this out, but it also feels like I'm alone in a warehouse screaming at the top of my lungs, just hearing myself echo, you know? So I got to I gotta make the point because while this is absolutely an amazing performing device that many people listening right now will absolutely love and need for their setup, there's the other side of things where people might try to buy this thinking it's just 80 bucks, then get whacked in the face with the shipping costs, then they get it home and realize they need to buy other cables just for it to work at all and might need extra cables if you want 32x should that support ever get, you know, ever get added. Uh, but on top of that, the premium thing, um, you know, if this was a premium device, I'd like to see some more crazy premium features on it. First and foremost, where's the digital audio output? That one was kind of baffling to me. And I remember busting Kevin's chops about that a while back too. So I'm not really sure what happened with that. But why do we get perfect quality RGB video out, but not audio? That was disappointing. But also, I always thought that for something like this, you should, since you have the real estate and you're making this a dedicated product, break it all out so you have all of the connectors right on here. You know, have composite component in S-Video. Pick a DIN connector to use for anything else. And, you know, maybe think about partnering up with one of the cable manufacturers and offering stuff like having it come with the cable. So, I, I don't know. It's a premium feature I have been begging everybody for since one of the first pages I wrote for Retro RGB was why do premium collector's devices like this not have a 3.5 millimeter jack so you could play the very few but amazing 3D games that are out there that are really only compatible with CRTs, so you'd need something like this. So, I don't know. I don't get that either. But the bottom line is buy whatever is right for your setup 
And if you don't have any original consoles, this might be the perfect device to get RGB and then, of course, HDMI uh, from the native output of these things right from that one FPGA-based console. Um, if you already own original consoles, or let's just say you're only interested in the SNES, it would be cheaper to find a one-chip SNES and a really good RGB cable than it would to buy this to go along with your Super NT. So... Just put all of that into perspective, um, especially, you know, if any of their upcoming products, like what if their upcoming product is a cheap 200 cheap $200 NES, uh, you know, the, then you, this would be the only plug and play RGB NES out there that plays original cartridges and stuff. So, you know, all of those things are just something to consider. I hate to sound like a bad guy and an asshole, but I just want to be honest and always talk about these things in a way where everybody on all sides can understand what they are and decide if it's right for you or not. So sorry if that upsets you, but, uh, you know, that's just life, I guess for me personally, I think it performs awesome. Uh, I just wouldn't really purchase it. And when I'm done testing, I'll very politely and happily send it back to analog. Uh, cause while I think it's an amazing piece of equipment, it's not anything that I would use cause I already have original consoles. Still love the Mega SG and Super NT, though. Still use those all the time. I'm glad I bought them. Okay, all Jaguar fans, hold on to your seats, because this next thing is one of the coolest things I've heard in a long time. Apparently, Atari was working on a duo version of the Jaguar. So think the CDX or the JVC XI, where it's a combination cartridge and CD console that combines the CD unit into it. They showed mock-ups of this back in the 90s, in almost exactly two years ago, a PCB was found that was the prototype of this thing. And it looks to be essentially exactly like an Atari Jaguar with just the CD assembly uh, components on it. So a team of people have dedicated their time to basically reverse engineering this thing and to try to make their own Jaguar Duo with their own 3D printed case and stuff like that. Um, I just think that is one of the coolest, most unique, badass things I've heard in a long time. Um, and at the moment, you know, they are, they're making good progress. They are months away of being able to show something working. Uh, I mean that respectfully, of course. I mean, this is a long, tedious process. But they've found uh, all of the components that are on there are mostly off the shelf. So they were able to check out the original bill of materials and put together a new bomb for this thing that allows you to populate it with everything that you would need. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also, they found new old stock of the Tom and Jerry chips that were the main custom processing chips from Atari. On top of that, the CD-ROM assembly is the same thing, mostly off-the-shelf parts or things that are available elsewhere, except for the custom CD BIOS, which at the moment they're taking dead CD units and using that for testing, but they hope to have some kind of FPGA-based reverse-engineered solution for that. But when they're all said and done, they might be able to come out with a brand new Atari Jaguar console that's dual CD and cartridge um, that is, I mean, could be considered working as official because it's based off the original PCB and the original bomb with the most importantly, the original official chips in there. So I, I was blown away when I read that. I think that's such an incredible project. I mean, that would be equivalent to like um, uh, the 32X Genesis combo prototype being found, the Neptune, 
you know, that would be equivalent to somebody coming up with one of those. And I just was absolutely blown away about all of this. For me personally, I mean, I have a weird place in my heart for the Jaguar, but I also kind of hate it because everyone I've ever owned has had some kind of problem with it working. Always booting the carts and never, you know, once you get the game going, it's fine. But getting the game running has always been a pain in the butt. So that alone, I think it'd be worth it for me to to pick up a brand new one because maybe they could, you know, make sure to use high quality parts and everything boots properly on the first time but overall this just seems like a really incredible thing and um you know i I hope that they stick with this project uh and if there is ever any kind of pre-order just i will be tweeting about it the moment it happens i'll be following the project and i would definitely buy one of these i know it's you know a lot of people are probably like what the heck it's only the jaguar that's fine that's your opinion i don't want to hear it because i'm excited about it (laughs) so please check out the uh the post and definitely read through the forum thread you know it's a forum so take a deep breath it's atari age so you're going to get hit in the face with uh, lots of trolls and toxicity but this thread in particular stayed fairly positive and has so much incredible stuff in it so absolutely excited for this project and i'll as soon as there's or anytime there's ever a milestone achieved i'll talk about it i'm not going to give like weekly updates or anything because i don't want to i don't want people to get sick of hearing about it but you know the moment there's a first boot you could be assured that i'll post about that and any other milestones past it so very amazing thanks so much for the people that are dedicating the time to make this happen and please please let me buy one Nintendo has just started selling SNES-style Switch controllers only for members of Nintendo Switch Online. So the controllers are 30 bucks with about $9 shipping, so not bad at all. Uh, and they are basically just SNES controllers with some home buttons on them and no analog sticks. So for me personally, I have uh, exclusively been using my 8-bit Do SNES controller with the analog sticks uh, as my main Switch controller. I really love it. I think it's very comfortable and performs pretty well. I had some issues with it, but I've been following up with the firmware updates. Um, And while I would have liked this to be the same thing, something that I could have used for every Switch game, uh, I'm definitely glad they did it. I ordered one just for just for the heck of it to test. I guess it really is just focused on the the SNES Virtual Console games on the Switch, but you know it's still a pretty cool thing, and I'm sure a lot of people are interested in it. Once again, though, you have to be logged into your Switch Online account to buy one. Once I posted about this, I think a bunch of people just clicked on the link, and it says something like "out of stock." Uh, it's it's currently unavailable. Please check back later. So if that's the case, just make sure to log in and then it will appear, you know, in stock. So sorry about the confusion about that, but, uh, yeah, I ordered one and hopefully it won't suck. One of my favorite expos, the Retro World Expo is coming up in about a week and a half, September 28th and 29th. And I will be there as part of two different panels. Saturday at 1 p.m. in panel room A, I will be sitting next to Lon from Lon TV to talk about FPGA consoles. Um, really excited for that. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of Lon stuff. I met him on one of the Smoke Monster streams a while back, and I'm very happy to be part of that. And then Sunday at 4 p.m. in panel room A, I'll be doing the for the last time the getting the best out of your classic consoles at any price point. I've really been enjoying doing that one a lot, and I really think that it's going to help people 
uh, kind of get pointed in the right direction of where to get started, but it might even help some experts get a different perspective on these things. So even if you already know everything I'm going to be talking about, it might be kind of neat to have a better way to explain it to your non-nerd friends. Um, I will be turning this into a video that my goal is to have ready before Portland. That way, instead of lugging monitors across the country, I could just bring a video. Um, but as with everything in life, it's always better live. So if you're around, please stick around for that. Um, I love going to expos. I love meeting everybody there. Um, and even last time I mentioned I met uh, Chris from Classic Gaming Quarterly, and he's going to be there as well, as well as My Life in Gaming and a bunch of other friends. So I'm very happy to be going to this one and to be part of all these awesome people. Uh, please come see me. Please come hang out. Uh, I really just like meeting everybody and doing these things. So once again, Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of September, just about a week and a half from now, uh, Retro World in Hartford. Hope to see as many of you there as I can. Castlemania Games has just opened pre-orders on the upcoming wireless Sega controllers from Retrobit. There are both Genesis and Saturn-style controllers, all with eight buttons, so six plus two triggers, um, and they come in Bluetooth and 2.4 gig RF wireless. And the 2.4 gig RF ones are the most interesting to me because they come with both console and USB receivers. So I've just pre-ordered the blue Saturn one and I'll be using this for my Saturn, but the fact that it comes with a USB receiver as well means I could also use it with my Mr., the Switch, pretty much any device that has a USB port on it, which is really awesome. That way you can get, uh, you know, as long as it performs well, you can get a really great controller on all of those devices. How it performs, of course, is all I really care about at the end of the day. Did they get a low lag RF solution just like the 8-bit dough RF ones? And of course, just like Crix's Joys, which is by far my favorite wireless controller I've ever used. Um, or did they just slap something together and we have crazy variable lag? Only one way to tell, so I'll be testing it as soon as I get it. Um, but this is pretty exciting that we have these options now. Um, also, the, there are Bluetooth versions available, which is great if you want to use it with PS3 or any other Bluetooth devices. But just keep in mind that if you're, whatever console you're using it on is HDMI-based, then the games were probably designed with controller lag in mind, and Bluetooth is fine. But any kind of retro was always designed with a zero lag cable solution. Uh, so any variable latency that you add to that is going to really start to cut into the experience of gaming. Because don't forget, it's not the lag so much as it is the variable lag. Theoretically, if Bluetooth was always exactly 52.1 milliseconds or something, um, your body could just compensate for the delay after a few minutes of playing. But the fact that Bluetooth averages one to three frames of lag variable mixed with whatever variable delay your TV or even scaler might have then now you're talking a pretty shady experience if you're really into games and you want to get your groove going. So, um, you know, but there's choices for everybody, which is the important part. Uh, each come in a blue or a darker one. Uh, uh, gray, uh, I believe gray for the 2.4 gig RF and black for the Bluetooth. Uh, but there, I mean, as long as they perform well, this should be pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to trying it out. Hopefully the build quality will feel like a Saturn controller, and hopefully there's no lag. But I guess we'll have to find or have to wait until November to find out, and I'll certainly let everybody know as soon as I have any solid details on it. 
The NES, Game Boy, and Game Boy Advance versions of the 240p test suite was just updated with a few extra features and some tweaks, as well as cleaning up and making it a bit more uniform. Um, if you're not familiar with what this is, it's basically the best set of software test tools that you could possibly ask for for any of the old classic consoles. I believe these uh, versions are a fork of the project, which was originally started by Artemio for Genesis, Sega CD, Dreamcast, pretty much uh, a long list of consoles. Um, I absolutely swear by this. I use it on flash carts, and uh, Artemio and a friend, another friend of mine made me this uh, official cartridge a couple of years ago. Um, I think it's just it's something that all of us should use. And if you have a flash card, it's free. So I, I really like to use the original cart on mine just so you don't have to worry about any excess things going on. But 100% free if you have a flash cart. Uh, and it really it's just the best test software you could imagine. I know it sounds like I'm trying to, to pitch a sale for something. I'm not getting paid to say this. It's just it saved my butt so many times in so many different ways. Uh, and I even did start to use the portable versions of it as well for a bunch of other different reasons. So uh, thanks so much to everybody who's ever been involved in this project and for keeping it going. It really is just incredible. And maybe someday we'll see tweaks and versions of it on every console. Before I go, just a couple of very quick announcements. First, tonight, the same day that this airs, the 18th, we will be doing another Retro Roundtable podcast. Uh, every time I say that on this podcast, the date gets changed, so hopefully hopefully this will still actually be going on tonight. But um, they're all recorded for anybody that wants to listen after, but it's always a lot of fun to interact with people in the chat and just do it all live. So please tune in if you're interested in that. And also, a lot of people have been asking me about my audio and video setup lately because I've really been, I, I've always bent over backwards to get the most efficient setup. Um, no disrespect, but anybody could just throw thousands of dollars at something and eventually get a good setup. But I really like the fact that uh, I've, I've improved while keeping everything in budget. So um, while I will absolutely do a video at some point before the end of the year talking about each part of my setup and how it might be able to help any of you out who want to record your own stuff, for the short term, I have just created an Amazon store and put all of my favorite stuff in there just to make it easier easier. So uh, at least this way, rather than individually replying to everybody with, you know, hey, what's the mic you're using? You know, what's your audio interface? Do you like your, you know, you know do you like the arm? The arm's actually been holding up pretty well for a $20 arm. So uh, I just created a link for that just to make it easier for anybody that wants to check out the, the same stuff that I've been using. But I will absolutely have a video on that. I'm always very excited about all the tech I use, not just retro tech. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I just have to get some of these other ones out first. Uh, but that's pretty much it. So as always, thanks so much for watching and listening, and I'll see you next time. 